In this devotional, I'm going to share with you three thoughts from Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 18 through 20, where I'll ask the question, what prophet is an idol? Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 18 through 20 says, What prophet is an idol when its maker has shaped it, a metal image, a teacher of lies? For its maker trusts in his own creation when he makes speechless idols. Woe to him who says to a wooden thing, Awake to a silent stone, arise. Can this teach? Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. The book of Habakkuk is almost a complaint where Habakkuk is asking, How can the Lord use the godless Babylonians to bring about his purposes in the world? But that's what the book is about, that the Lord can use ungodly things to bring about godly purposes in the world, and he's not at all unjust or lacking in holiness when he does so. He is operating exactly as he desires, utilizing his creation to bring about the results that he wants to see. And in this conversation, the Lord pronounces a judgment upon the Assyrians, but also ultimately upon the Babylonians, that are also going to fall under his judgment. And his primary reason for judging these people are because of their devotion to idolatry. So here are three thoughts from Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 18 through 20, answering the question, what prophet is an idol? Thought number one, man-made. An idol is man-made. And this is the question that gets put forward. What profit is an idol when you put the thing together yourself? How in the world could this possibly be greater than the one who has made it? That's the underlying question about idolatry inherent in the text of Scripture. How can this thing that you have made be worthy of the worship of the one who made it? It just doesn't make any sense. A thing that is man-made is not worthy of the worship of man. We can sit back and we can look at the beautiful artistry involved in these different things that are being made, but we wouldn't worship them. What we would see in them is the beauty and the creativity that's been able to be generated by the artists themselves. So there's a fundamental flaw in idolatry. There's a fundamental flaw in worshiping any created thing because by its very nature, it is less than the one who has made it. Worship should always go up. It should never go down. It should always go toward the greater thing and never toward the lesser. Because idols are man-made, they are always less than man. Thought number two, simply stone. Idols that are made are simply material things, and that's all they are. And they can't do anything to benefit the one who has carved it or made it. Ultimately, the created thing, the idol, isn't going to be able to teach you anything. It's not going to be able to speak to you. It's not going to be able to say anything of value or impart anything of good to you. Because after all, it's just stone and wood, and maybe it's overlaid with gold. But after all, gold is just another metal that we pull up out of the earth. Because it's simply stone, the idol is not worthy 
of worship, and certainly not worthy of the worship of the one who put the thing together in the first place. This is the inherent folly in idolatry, that people who have made something are then placing themselves under that thing that they have made. It just doesn't make any sense. Thought number three, the Lord lives. After saying these things about the idols, that they're man-made, that they're simply stone or wood, that ultimately the Lord, the Lord lives. The Lord lives. And this is something that any idol can never do because idols are innately inert. They're not living things. They're things that we have put together to represent maybe some greater ideal. But ultimately, if you're sitting there and you're worshiping this thing made out of stone, you're worshiping stone. But the Lord, he lives. He's not a dead stone. He's not some piece of carved wood. He lives and he is in his holy temple. He's in his heavenly abode. He is alive in this place that is over and above us. And because he lives, he is far greater than any of these idols that we sort of slap together. Because he lives and he is the creator, then we are the ones that look up to and worship him. We look up to and we worship that which is greater than us, not that which is less than us. So we recognize that the Lord lives, that he's in his holy temple, and that all of the earth should be silent before him because he is the one who is able to teach. He is the one who is able to speak. He is the one who brings things from nothing into existence. And none of us can do anything even close to that. The Lord lives. And because the Lord lives, we worship him rather than an idol made of stone or wood. These three thoughts come from the assigned reading of Habakkuk, chapters 1 through 3. If you'd like to read through the Bible with me, you can do so by subscribing to this channel, by clicking on the link in the description, or by joining the Facebook group Through the Bible, where we are reading the text of Scripture together.